0: Welcome to Behind the Smoke podcast, barbecue war stories. My name is Sean Walcheff with Cali Comfort Barbecue, and we are recording above the butcher shop in Spring Valley at Valley Farm Market. And we, I have my partner in crime back, Derek Marceau. Welcome back from Alaska.
1: Thanks, man. It was a, an eventful journey to get back here on time. I haven't slept um, in forty-eight hours, so it's been pretty exciting. But I'm back. I did not get eaten by a bear. Um, although it was very close and um, I'm stoked to be back man got a lot of construction going on right now so it's it's probably not the best time for me to be away but I'm happy to be back and uh, start whipping these guys into shape to get the fuck out of my parking lot
0: <laughs> well the coolest thing is uh, I told you we were hopefully going to have a uh, mo case on our guest on today and for you to hustle your way from Alaska overnight to get here on no sleep to run into construction um, it's why we do what we do. We love we we love our craft.
1: It is. It's uh. It's exciting. It's exciting to have mobile to come out here. Exciting for us to be able to get down here from Chickaloon. It's uh. It's a long. I mean, shit. I was in Toke, Alaska. Drove six hours to the cabin. Drove two hours to Anchorage. Drove or flew overnight just to get here and haven't slept. But it's uh. It's well worth it.
0: Well, I know that I appreciate it because uh, as much as I would. We would do the podcast no matter what, but uh, I love having my partner in crime. Welcome back. And most importantly, um, America's Finest Barbecue Championship. We actually have Ed Laval here who came on this podcast, told us how they're putting together this incredible Kansas City Barbecue Society event on Mission Bay, first annual event happening uh, this weekend. And we're so lucky that Mo Quezon's coming out here to throw down. Man. What up? What's up, man? How what you up? doing? How you guys doing? We're oh, doing, doing great. awesome Awesome, yeah. awesome
2: man. I'll tell you what, man. I used to be stationed out here in the Navy back in the day, man, when I was a young Sprite. And uh, I, it just warms my heart to be able to come out here and cook. Uh, I, this is my first time cooking a cook-off here in San Diego. Um, just coming out, through, going, rolling through town from the airport and just looking at the old buildings and how it's... Um, all the new stuff that's been going up. A lot of I new mean? shit. It's awesome, man. Yeah. Really yeah. it's pretty, man. All the buildings, man, and all the areas that when I was back in the day, you know, a bunch of tattooed places, little dive bars, and now they're nice big old uh buildings with glasses. Yeah. And, and it's just nice, man. I just had a great I uh, I'm just looking forward to this weekend. The backdrop, you know, this is probably gonna probably be one of the top places for me to cook the cook office for a scenic. Sure. I mean, you're right? you got the ocean right there. Unbelievable on the beach, come on, man. Mission Bay. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Can't been, get them better than that, man. Absolutely. How long were you here? How long were you stationed here? I was stationed
2: here for, I was in Long Beach for a couple of years and okay. I finished my last two years down here in San Diego.
1: Okay, so you saw, now you can actually see, see the progression that's been going oh, on down here in San Diego. Oh, it's big time. Yeah.
2: Last time I was here, I was here for a KCBS uh, banquet. They held a banquet here, the, the, the annual banquet that's here. That's right. Okay. Back, back. And um, I think that, was, that Je- was, I think that was Jeans doing. Yeah, that was back in the day. And then um,
1: before that, it was just when I was in the Navy. Right. Right, yeah. so now you're. Where, where are you located exactly right now?
2: Born and raised cornfield out of Des Moines, Iowa.
1: Man, <laughs> they don't have the scenic like San Diego, but you know what? There's something magical about cornfields and hogs and there, cattle. There is. I, I mean, I I went to Kansas State, and I was uh, out there for five years in Kansas. We went. We got to play out in Iowa, Iowa State, not uh, Des Moines, and uh, it was beautiful, man. I, I absolutely love it. And it, yeah. just getting back out to the scenery when I was in Alaska, just seeing the open fields, yeah. all that type of stuff, man. There's I love that. So, I'm I love the ocean. Yeah, I love the
2: cornfields. I yeah. love I, I love country. I really do, man. That's yeah. that's kind of my, my my mo, man. I just I love getting out there. I love hunting. I love fishing. I love barbecuing.
1: We do some whitetail out there.
2: We got whitetail. We ain't got no meal back, back yeah. in Iowa.
1: Yeah, we did uh, whitetail, and we had some muleys that would come over from Colorado, on on West Kansas, mm-hmm. and we get some nice uh, muleys over there, but whitetail, and they eat, they eat so good. Oh, shit, we yeah. got horses. Right. Now,
2: I got friends of mine that got ranches down in Texas, man, and they got these beautiful genetically engineered deer, uh, whitetail and muleys, and they got these... Incredible racks, like eighty point. but they're the size of dogs. <laughs> right. I mean, they ain't got. No. You come to Iowa, man. We got some corn-fed deer, man. They're like horses. They are. You know what I'm saying? No, They may not have the big racks. They, there are some, right? But man, we got horses for deer, man. They I are. mean, you hit them with your car, you got a Prius, you're done. Yeah. you must yeah. just dig right. a hole, dig <laughs> a hole the whoop, you're done. Right. I got a big old Dodge diesel on lifted, well, semi wheels, so they're they're done. No yeah. matter
1: what I hit, you're good. It's a wrap. You're yeah. good. No, yeah, we we've. We done some hunting out there, but you are right. Those uh, whitetail out there—I mean, they're corn-fed. They eat the corn. They—they they, soybeans, and they taste so fucking oh, good. Of course they do. It is so good when you have when you harvest a a deer out there. Get I mean, them back, straps. Mm. back strap, get a little tenderloin. Get some okay make... sound beef rub on them. There you go. That's yeah. yeah. it. Now, now we're talking. Yeah, we uh, we get the rounds and we make jerky out of it and dehydrate it. Man, there's, no, man. Uh... you
2: get that beef rub on there, man. You can make jerky out of that beef rub too, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, I'm gonna have, have to try that. Oh, have y'all have this weekend, man. Come on, check it out. There we go. you am going to come and taste that brisket. You're going to see what I'm talking about. So yeah.
0: How many, uh, how many competitions have you competed in? And how many countries? I've
2: done probably since 2006, over 300. Over yeah.
0: yeah. 300. And I've competed
2: all over this great country. You know, from California, Florida, New York, Oregon, North Dakota, Texas, all over in the middle. The South. I love the South. I love cooking. The way I cook is more Southern style. Sure, you know my grandmother had seventeen kids, and she was an awesome seventeen cook. kids yeah Whew. and all that progression came from the south. you know what okay. I'm saying so uh for me i just I, I just I just love it I just love getting out there and cooking meeting new people i don't like i mean if the contest has ran well, I'll come back right. generally you know but there's certain contests I'll come back every year if I can, but I'm a kind of guy I like going to new places. Just like the first time saying I yeah. just love it. Yeah. I love that experience. I mean and that's why one of the main reasons why I went and joined the Navy right. cuz I wanted to see the world. That's I awesome. knew sitting on my driveway at 17 years old asking myself what am I going to do with my life? And at that point I was just a high school kid. Sure. And you know my, all my uncles and stuff worked at Firestone or Titan Tire, you know, and there's always striking up and down, you know. You know, it's always drama going on, you know, working at you know, plants like that, you know, and I said, what is a job you can have that no matter if it's recession, whatever, you're still turning on your faucets and you're still flushing your toilets. Yeah. And that was water treatment. And that's what I did. Yeah. I went in the Navy, steam boilers for <laughs> the USS Missouri battleship out of Long Beach, went to Desert Storm. Wow. wow. Lovely ship. Uh, went to A school out in uh, Illinois, Great Lakes. Top of my class, got first pick of orders. That's how I got the Missouri. Okay. And then uh, we decommissioned her after Desert Storm, and then there was a uh, second ship I went on, which was the Pearl. And that was stationed out of San Diego, wow. and that's where I finished her up at.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for your service, mm-hmm. uh, San Diego. Obviously, we it means uh, it means everything to us mm-hmm. uh, being a being a town, it's a military town. Absolutely, yeah, it really is. absolutely. It is. And some of the closest people that we have on our behind the smoke team, um, they served. And yep. JC and Bell. I give
2: people, people who serve the people, police officers, firefighters, Coast Guard, the military,
1: hats off. Yeah.
2: Because they don't have to do it.
1: Yeah. yeah. First responders. You know, yeah, I absolutely. give,
2: I mean, when I worked at midnight shift every year for 20 something years, at the, we always had the police scanner on. And I'm telling you, man, I give mad credit to the police officers and firefighters because they're walking into situations that are completely foreign. They're walking in a house that they don't know. They don't know what's going on, and they have to get out there and and, and squash it. Right? Yeah. And so I give a lot of credit for people who serve people. Yeah. And that's what I did. I served people. And I still serve people. I to mean, for 24 years, I serve people. And sure. you still
1: serve people because you're serving great barbecue. You yeah, damn right. When did your love for barbecue start? Man, back in the day. You, back with my grandma, grandma? man. Yeah, man. I mean, my grandma had 17 kids.
2: Yeah. 17 kids. And then you could <laughs> tell all the cousins from the top of that. So <laughs> every weekend or – all the time especially during the holidays we're always at someone's house burning some food yep. getting 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 busy and you right. know and and that's the thing that i learned from my grandmother. My, my grandmother watched me and my sister a lot cuz my mom worked two jobs uh-huh. she was a seamstress if you need to know about that oh, sweatshop yeah. that's what she did her whole life yeah. i mean just that's just grunt work you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying you get proficient at something piece rate they just bump the piece rate up for wow. the same amount of money yeah. you know what i mean my mom so my grandmother watched us a lot so Seeing her passion for cooking from scratch, that's what she did. She was a poor woman, but she was rich inside for who she was and she loved her kids, she loved her grandkids, cooked her ass off yeah, I mean seriously i can still I can still taste everything she used to make her pies, her food, her fry bread, her food you know um unfortunately, a lot of my aunts and uncles they just never wrote anything down right.
0: Do you remember when you fell in love? Like, if there was any time, any story of something that she did that really...
2: Well, no, because, you know, I mean, we we how we grew up, how my grandma, she cooked to feed. Yep. Okay. It wasn't all about Food Network or nothing, not taking us away from Food Network. We're great people. Correct. Right. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. all about oh, we just know. feeding people, man. Absolutely. You know what I mean? That's but, all it was. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't about trying to, you know, rich and glitch, just... Put food on the table, man. But But she just did a great job. by
0: observing her, you learned. I learned learned the flavor. Yeah.
2: Like my mom, when I was coming up, she would cook something and she would say, taste this. I don't care if I was eight years old. Taste this. And I would taste it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, mom, you know, this and that, you know. Give my opinion. And she always did that to me. She Mm -hmm. always, she'd be cooking something and she'd say, hey, taste this. And so that's where my passion of cooking came from.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, granted, I'm a self-taught cook. So, I mean... My grandmother and my mom they didn't have time to be cooking briskets and shoulders, <laughs> right. and you know what I mean. They were quick pork steaks, ribs, chicken, something like that. Something was quick. Yep. Something you can grill, flip yeah. over real quick. And get yeah, done. yeah. I mean, you know, and 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 so, but uh, as I start competing in 2006, that's when I start. Uh, I, I cooked my first brisket in 2000, 2006.
0: Do you remember your first contest?
2: Yeah, it Where was. was in, it, at? it was in uh, uh, my first contest was at the Pork Barber Colossus, which is no longer. It was a great contest in Iowa. It was all-pork category. It was held in conjunction with Pork Expo, which still goes on today. People from all over the world come over to Des Moines, Iowa yeah. for the Pork Expo. Yeah. So they had a pork category. It was all pork. It was whole hog, loin, shoulder, and ribs. And that's what you had to turn in. And uh, it was a KCBS, loosely KCBS-sanctioned thing, you know, obviously because they didn't have brisket, they right. didn't have chicken. But they still counted it towards, uh, I think I think still counted it towards the jack. And so, uh, for me, when I got out of the Navy, you know, I, first thing I, one of the first things I bought was a little Brinkman smoker out of Walmart. And I just started burning it up in my backyard, cooking, right. you know, yep. doing what I love.
1: Burning shit and figuring and, it out. you damn
2: right. Yep. And uh, there was a neighbor across the street named Kelsey Jones. And he barbecued and he had like a little offset pit, which is better than what I had. I had just a little Brinkman. But he never cared my food. He'd come over and brag <laughs> ribs and brisket, and I could tell by looking at his stuff. I'm like, man, right. this stuff. I didn't say nothing to him. But I'm like, man, it looks raggedy, man. <laughs> I got, and, you. Uh, I got you. But I just kept cooking in my backyard, and then all of a sudden, I remember he, he really, really a braggadocious dude. I mean, he just and just I just happened to one time give him a rib of mine, and his whole face was like ghost just boom. That's what I knew was son. That right.
0: was that was the aha moment.
2: Yep. So uh I had a little starter house when I got out of the Navy. A friend of mine owned it was just a little bit of 800 square foot little ranch house. Just bought it for twenty five thousand dollars. Wow. wow, that's how it was, man. And my family. I had my wife. We had our first little baby, Montgomery, which is twenty two now. And uh, so I needed, I wanted a smoker, but I didn't. Have, I worked at the water plant. I, didn't, you know, they didn't have no no. Loose cash around, hell, we paying food, paying bills, <laughs> yeah, and bouncing checks. That's what we were doing. <laughs> right. So uh, all of a sudden, you know, uh we got this little house on the corner, and I still had that other house. And I said, you know, only how I'm going to be able to generate a buy a smoker is I'm going to have to fix this house up and sell it. This other house, this little that was my first house. Mm-hmm. So I gutted. Now I got homeboys that carpenters electrician, plumbers, all my boys, man, I know, in the industry. So even though I paid them straight up, I took a year. I didn't go to the bank. I didn't borrow any money. Um because my credit wasn't getting up the end. <laughs> but, you know. but I financed by working at the water plant a whole year. And I sit there and I, I remember swinging a hammer in that wall and I said, is this the right thing for me to do? Right. And I just said, I gutted the house down to bare studs. And I took a year. I went to Habitat for Humanity, bought brand new cabinets that were donated by some Absolutely. home builder. Yep. Uh, ceiling fans, scratch and dent paint that someone mixed up they didn't like. That house, <laughs> I bought the house for twenty five thousand dollars. We lived in it for a while. I gutted the house down to bare studs, bare studs, and brought that house back. Went to Lowe's, got a scratch and dent refrigerator that the dent was on the side, was gonna slide yep. in. Slide so it no didn't one's matter. No one's gonna see it. Anyways. Man, I sold that house, set on the market for one week for eighty nine nine. Amazing, nice. son. No way. When that realtor brought me that check, right. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> capitalism, baby. That's right. And I went and bought me my first smoker trailer. Man, that that's was amazing. Bl- and, and now when people talk to me, you know my smokers are always called Little Blue uh-huh. or Big Blue. That started from that. My first trailer was a blue trailer with a smoker on it didn't have any sides on it just had a roof and a little wing in the front and it just had uh, an old hickory sdlx on it that was my first cooking i kept on the thing for three or four years actually for four or five years actually until i had enough money to be able to get to the next level wow. and i bought all my trailers were always blue and that's the reason why. So my first one per- happened to be by default,
1: right? You just bought it, and that's what and it was. I
2: said, "Now, so now, now uh that's it, my thing." That so, first
0: contest was that before or after the remodel? Because did you go to the contest? I didn't do anything
2: realized- until after I got that check.
0: So after you got the check, then you went to then the 2006 contest. is it's when game I, time.
2: I did my first cook off, and I remember <laughs> rolling into uh the Barber Colossus, and I seen people like Johnny Trigg and and Meyer Mix. Everybody was there, you know, and you see him on TV. And I don't get like starstruck or anything because I'm a pretty humble dude, but I don't get uh, I don't get it's Just not me,
1: right?
2: But I see like set like a hundred teams. It used to be a hundred teams just to come to that cook off, and then when I was there in two thousand, it was a hundred teams, right? And all the smells in the in the air, and all the different smoke, and all the different smokers and stuff, and I'm just like, man, this is where I need to be. I've never seen nothing like that because at that point, which just in our backyard, right? And I cooked my first cook off. I got DQ, my only DQ <laughs> in my first cook off. Really? Yeah, because I didn't go to Cooks' meeting. I'm like, why do I need to go Cooks', cook's meeting? I thought meeting. The Cooks' meeting was like trying to learn how to cook. I'm like, I already yeah. know how to cook, man. <laughs> right. So why do I need to go Cooks' <laughs> meeting? So all of a sudden, the rep comes walking up to me. She goes, "Milk, uh, you pond back then was called Ponderosa Barbecue. Pioneer yeah." I said, "She goes, we're going to have to deal, with, you know, dekey you for uh, an entry." I'm like, "Why? Your pork loin entry." I said, "Why?" She goes, uh, "Did you go to the Cooks' meeting?" I go, "Well, no." I didn't know I had to go to them. She said, well, if you went to the cook's meeting, you would, have, you would learn that you have to turn in enough for six judges. And well, I said, there is enough for six judges. She said, no, 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 no. You need six portions. Right. Yeah. Individual. I just do like three pork loin chops bone in. There's uh-huh. I thought they were just going to cut, cut yeah, off funny. of it. Yeah, right? There's exactly. enough for eight people. But I learned real quick.
0: Yeah. Got
1: they don't six fuck six around.
0: We learned, we learned real quick, too. They did
1: not fuck around at all. Yeah. We we, you know, just getting into it, we did our amateur competition, then this is our third year for our okay. Del Mar one, and the rules and regulations, they 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 have to do it that way. They have to make sure they have to have their, you know, uh, certain things that they, they, they abide by, because if they don't, things can just go away. And yeah. then it's, but it's good. I mean, it, it keeps people on track and having people like Gene and Arlie Bragg and, that will, uh, you know, let people know what's Those guys, going on.
2: Yeah, they got a lot of they got a lot of history. They, they yeah. know how to run stuff. They yes. they've seen a lot of cook and and that's what you when you got that's good. that's right. you know,
1: good. So you put you did the the pork. Did you turn in your ribs? How'd your ribs turn out?
2: Oh, they were money. Yeah, I mean at the <laughs> right?
1: time, I thought it
2: was money. <laughs> I have slowly have progressed.
1: Are you still using old hickory?
2: I have an old hickory. Uh, actually, I'll be in St. Louis next weekend for Q and the Lou. I've got two big old – got a big rotisserie. I use this for vending now. Uh-huh. But that was my primary cooker back in the day for competition. Yeah. Now, granted, I have learned a tremendous amount over the years. My favorite cooker now is my old stick burner, which I had uh-huh. built in Texas. It's an, uh, a Rockin' W cold piece. Yeah. It's, it, it is gauge it steel. Is, it is, it is it's a 1969 Hemi. Yeah. Nice.
1: Super B. There you go.
2: 426 hammy, four speed. That's what that is. <laughs> that cooker is, I I mean, and She's that's true. because of cooking a lot of different cookers. I can cook on all type of cookers. Sure. I cook on two center blocks in a rack right. because I'm self-taught. Right. Yeah. I stand in my backyard. I can't tell you how many thousands of pounds of meat I've cooked over the years trying to perfect my craft. In the kitchen, making a mess, making sauces, making rubs. You know what I mean? and, and Because I'm, I'm that guy. I'm stubborn in a sense that I want to do me. Yeah. I don't just get on the same bandwagon as everybody else, which is fine. Sure. Because there's great products out there and people buy and use and they win. Mm-hmm. But there's something to say that for me, I always felt like if I walked to my grandmother, she was standing today and said, Mom, I paid $700 to go to this guy's class on a barbecue. She'd probably smack me. Yeah. <laughs> you did what? You did right?
1: what? Why would you You better do get that? out there and cook and learn yes. how to cook. I'm very, very big on experiences. Oh, experiences so only. When you can go out there, I can tell someone how to cook a brisket all I want, but they have to go and fuck up some briskets first. You, mean, have you have to burn to cook, some shit you up. Have, you have to do you it. You do it. You, you, it's it's inevitable, and then you can figure. And your palate's going to be different than my palate, yeah. and that's okay. But figure out what you like. Yeah. I and, mean, and run with it. exactly. And and, and 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 I
2: know what I cook is great. Mm-hmm. I cook like I would be. I, I love Texas. I just I start cooking Texas maybe six years ago. Love it, and I, and that's when I my eyes really opened up because up to that point I'm from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Even though there's a lot of great competition cooks up there. The four-category trick ponies. I mean, they, they do four categories well because they have the model. Yeah. Then I out of Texas, you go to those great barbecue smokehouses, and you go down and you see them people just doing stuff they've been doing for 30 years, 40 years. Right. And you taste that food, and it just, like, that. it speaks to you. And that's, I said, you know what? That's how I got to cook. Right. And that's what I learned about salt, pepper, garlic. You know what I mean? I mean, my rug, I got one of my, my beef rubs, which is great, which is selling like crazy. People love it. But I like seasonings that complement yeah. the protein yeah you know and you start getting off to the fringes you know uh, that's when things kind of get muddled and that's fine what it is like i was out of new jersey and uh did a cook-off over there and great jersey shore mm-hmm. but you you turn a brisket in there like a texas style brisket they'll kill you and they did right. They killed, yeah. right.
1: but I'm walking the walk. This is who I am. Right. Absolutely. We, we talk about it a lot. Sometimes simplicity is the biggest thing you can do. And when you break things down, <clears throat> I got in my own way when I started doing briskets. I would do briskets and I would try to overthink them. I would try to do way too much. And I'm like, Jesus, it's just not fucking turning out the way I want it to turn out. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, nine years ago, ten years ago, speaking with Gene, he's like, well, what are you doing? I'm telling him, he's like, man, cut it back. Just, just, just relax. Like, here, Here's what you got to do. Try Try bare minimum. And then start adding a few things that you like. There was a great contest
2: that's no longer around, but it's called the Great American Barbecue Battle in Kansas City. It was out in Bonner Springs. And there's a lot of great Kansas City cooks that won, like Mark Greco, a yeah. friend of mine. And I remember I had a very complex brisket rub. It had dill <laughs> seed in it. It yeah. had all kinds. I mean, because I'm always in the kitchen messing, you know, all oh, this is good. And I remember him tasting it. And he looked at me and he goes, Mo. The judges are just basically like farmers. Keep it simple. Take all that extra bull crap out because yeah. that's not what they want. Yeah. And as soon as I did that, the deal seed, the whole mustard seeds, you know, all that, then all of a sudden my score is like. So, um, yeah. Started going up. Yeah.
1: Think-
2: yeah. Cook. You know, that's like, I'm a big, I'm not a big fan of sugar on brisket. Right. Now, granted, in competition, KCBS or whoever we cook, like, especially, not not Texas, but like in KCBS, you know, you got to, because you're putting glazes on briskets and, and that's what they, that's what it is. You know what I mean? I was over in, in the Netherlands two weeks, uh, about a month ago, uh, cooked on a Green Mountain Grill. Okay. And I, you know, I'm stubborn, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> you know, I know how to make adjustments. Right. Okay, because you're just that stubborn, then you don't need to be doing competitions. Sure. Which Tuffy told me that.
1: Because <laughs> yeah. me and Tuffy are
2: brothers. And he, we sat there and debated in, 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 at the bar, at the hotel. Like, he said, why are you cooking then? Because co-? <laughs> I like cooking competitions. But it is not my job to find out what these judges want. That's not me. When I make my own stuff, why am I chasing my tail trying to find out what you – I don't even know you. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna cook what I like, and then you go ahead and judge it for what it is. Now, if it's in being 25th place brisket, so be it. Yeah. But I can walk with my head high whenever I get that top 10. It's me. You know, and the other guys they do all the other stuff, which is great. They, you know, they find out by so and so use this, this, and this, and this is what's going to happen. That's great. This is fine. Yeah. But for me, I cook the way I I always cook the way I want to cook. Have you always been a one man team? Always been.
0: And how many, As in your experience with all the contests that you've done, how many one-man teams are there?
2: They're out there. The like my buddy
0: That's had
2: great success. Prairie Head Smokers, John Neal, just great guy. One-man team. Mm-hmm. There's, there's teams out there that do it. You know what I mean? A lot of times will have a wife or a friend come over. Uh, and I have no problem having a teammate. But the problem is, when I learned when I first start competing, when Mo Kaysom's ready to roll, <laughs> I can't be here. <laughs> oh, my dog is sick. Uh, I got to watch my kid. Right. That's a wrap. I do me. So I know that no matter what, I can always count on Mo Kaysun. I just came back from a finning festival in Danville, Kentucky. I brought my daughter to help. She runs my cash box. And the festival uh, that I'm doing next week, and then I did one last weekend, you know, I, I had a small footprint. A lot of these guys have restaurants, so they'll bring a crew, a bunch of people in. I don't do that. Like the one I did in Danville, I told the organizer, you got to get me bodies. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. You want bone case on ribs, want bow cuts and whatever. You gotta give me, and they got me. They got me bodies. Right. They're like, well, well, you know, I gotta pay up. Well, you gotta pay them. Right. great, okay? Do what you do. I end up having a huge line because my stuff is good. Right. No, that's what it is. That's just business. Yeah. You know. So um, I've always been a one man team, and I just, uh, I just, I, I, if I can rely on myself, which I do, I gotta do it. Granted, there's times I would love to have somebody drive the truck home. There's times I love to have somebody watch the brisket or feed the pit. Because like my stick burner, a little blue, once I fire her up, I got to add a stick every 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay? To the, to, to the end. I don't have, I mean, I've got gravity feed cookers. You can put, load them up and go to sleep and get all this. No. When I fire up my stick burner, I have got to be there to the beginning to the end. But doing that has taught me how to manage. I can cook in sub-zero weather. I can cook at 114. And I know how to make adjustments. That is experience. If you go out there and you go to somebody's class and I'm starting to do classes now, which are great. Education and knowledge is a wonderful thing. And I got nothing wrong with that. I'm just one of them kind of guys that I was stubborn. You know what I mean? I didn't cook my first Wagyu until, hell, that was probably six years into the game. Mm -hmm. I went out to uh, do a doubleheader, Meridian. I, w- I did one out in uh, Utah, and then I went up to Boise, uh, Meridian, I think it is, right where Snake River Front is from, actually. And I did a uh, cook off, did a double header. Up to that point, man, I've always cooked prime. You know, I just want to, I'm not paying so and so and so. Stubborn. Right. <laughs> and I was at that cook off, and a lady came up from Snake River. I didn't even know who she was. She right. came up to me. She goes, Mo, how you doing, I'm my client? She said, I want to give you a brisket. And I'm like, well, I got a brisket. She goes, why don't you try this brisket? It was a Wagyu. And I'm like, okay. So I had enough injection to do two briskets. so I did my injection, my rub, and I did that. Uh, I cooked them things side by side. I know my prime, because I know them at the back of my hand. Right. But I ain't never cooked a Wagyu before. I cooked that brisket. I got done. I pulled them briskets out. I sliced that brisket off that Wagyu. And...
1: It floored me. Yeah. It's something special. It floored me. Yeah.
2: And, 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 and that's the stubbornness where it's a detriment, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm going to tell you what, no matter when you're competing in this game at this level, you got to play with the big boys and you got to cook what they cook.
1: Yeah.
2: Period. You can't come in there and say, well, I'll take my select Walmart brisket and I'm going to whoop you out. Your right. You're a damn lie.
1: Right. Because as shit. long
2: as a person has a superior quality piece of meat, right. he could just put salt and pepper on it. Right. And it's going to walk all over that damn select brisket yeah. because marbling is flavor and Foisture. moisture. Yeah. yeah. And that brisket opened my eyes to, wow, this is what next level stuff is. Yeah.
0: One of the so, things we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that they want to start their, they're on their barbecue journey and wherever mm-hmm. they are in that process, we always talk about process. And one of the things that we encourage people is to always be learning yep. to get involved, to stay curious, uh, Tell us kind of how you came about knowing about the Pitmaster show and your audition tape and take us back to that to that journey.
2: Uh for me, I was at a cook-off in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, walking back from a cook's meeting, and Johnny Trigg was in the next aisle from me. So we're just happened to be just walking together back to our cook sites. And they just did season one. That's when they went around the country, them guys, and he looked at me and he goes, well, you can put in for season two Bitmasters and I didn't have no because I just I worked and I was like, uh What do you mean? You put in an audition tape. And I am like, dude, I don't know nobody. I ain't got no connections like that. So I always think it was always a connection. Right, yeah. It's always somebody knowing somebody. I said, I don't got no connection. I said he looked at me and he goes, Man, you need to put in for it. You got a great personality. And I'm thinking, Well, thanks, Johnny, but you know, I you know I you know, I just he grabbed me. He literally physically grabbed me, pulled me right up to his face. He's like, put in the audition, bro. Really? That's exactly what he said. Wow. So I, I said, all right, man. When I get home, you know, I went to my car wash, the, the truck bay wash at the... At, my plant that I worked at, water treatment plant, where they wash the dump trucks. Uh-huh. I did my audition tape in the <laughs> wash filmed, bay. Who filmed you? Me with my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I did that. Was that your first? Well, was, was that, that well, your I did the video? first one and I first sent it in. Selfie video. And this is the time where I was taking my wife in to get her tubes <laughs> tied because we just had our fourth child. Oh, really? So I was just like, you know, uh, you know, and uh, uh, I sent it in, and then they come back, contacted me in a week, and was like, man, great video, but. The quality was poor because <laughs> it was all amber lights, you know, murky vapor lights. So it was like really amber and dark, uh, and, right. and I, you know. And she can you send another video in and like have someone hold the camera for you. I'm just, like, sitting there talking. Yeah, <laughs> man, you need to take a big on this. So I have my wife come out to the back of the trailer a, a big blue, and I just did my little spin. You know, I kept the real man. You know, I just talked about how I want. You know, uh, I'm a self-taught cook. You know, and I don't get caught up with all the you know all the hula hoop. And uh, they call me like. Within a week, was like, man, we want you on the show. I'm like, cool. So I went on the show out in Calabasas, California. Yep. Beautiful place. uh, Paramount Pictures on that lot. And uh, we went out there at the same place they did that uh, that vampire TV series, um, True Blood, I think it was. True Blood. And they were, I mean, so she said, if you see people running around in capes and (laughs) back, that's just we're filming. I said, all right, cool. So I did it. I won my episode, which was amazing for me because. um, I just cook from the heart. I really do. And uh, I cried. You, you didn't see it, but I mean, I won my episode, and I went behind my trailer, man, and I sat down and I cried. I and mean, I still get goosebumps about it. Because you, were, gave, like, it, what you, what g- you gave everything you had. Because I thought about my grandmother, my mom, my family, and it was awesome, man. Yeah. yeah. So to this day, still, it, it bothers I, me, man. It's awesome. I think you know? that's... And it's been nothing but great since then. Right.
1: Uh, There's a vulnerability to that yeah. that draws people to you, though.
2: John Marcus, the executive producer, came up to me. And I was pissed at first wow. when I lost the finale. Because <laughs> so I made it to the finale. Yeah. I'm going against Johnny Trigg, Melissa Cookson, Craig Kimo Firehouse, and somebody else I can't. I think, yeah, some, somebody else. And uh, I lost. I felt like I didn't get a chance to really showcase. I cooked a beautiful hog. I felt, and they just let that thing burn up on the pit. They just didn't even, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, you're done. And I'm like, oh man, and, it, it, and, my, and my family already knew the outcome because I, I won. You know, they already knew the outcome because right. I called them. And my wife, even then, when when the movie when that when that episode came out, even my wife and kids were on the cops crying. Yeah, crying.
0: You How know, but even you-
2: though they already knew the outcome and they seen it, they just they'd cried and. And I was dejected, dude. I mean, I was just like, just beside myself. And I was walking back to my trailer, man. And Myron, I knew Myron. You know, he knew me, but you know, I didn't really know him. Know him? He knew. I knew something was up when I started looking at those guys, and they couldn't look me in the face. I mean, Myron, <laughs> look at me and he'd look off. Warren Sat would look at me and kind of look off. I'm like, oh snap, man! I'm about to get it knocked off this show, man. Yeah. I just knew it. Yeah, and sure enough, but Myron is such a great guy, man. That he uh, he got up off the stage. I went on my trailer, start poking my stuff away, and the first person that came up first was John Marcus, the executive producer. And he came up, and his first words out of his mouth was, "Mo, you're absolutely beautiful on camera." He said, "I know it doesn't feel good right now." He said, "You just keep doing you." He said, "I guarantee you." He said, "You're gonna have plenty of opportunities in the future." He said, "I'm telling you, man." Just keep your head out there and don't act crazy. He said, I'm telling you, man. And I said, Yeah, you know, you ain't trying to hear that. Because you yeah. just got knocked off the yeah, show. It's, it's the competitive spirit in you. Sure. And then he walked away and then Myron got up and walked up. He didn't have to do that. Myron got up off the stage. Man, that's the, I mean, Myron's he's, he's a buddy of mine. He got up off the stage and he walked on my trailer, man, and he put his hand on the show and he just started talking to me, man. He said, This ain't the last week we're gonna see okay, some That was his exact words. He said, I'm yeah. telling you, man. He said, You got something, man. He said, Yeah, this ain't the last. And Lo and behold, after that, I end up being on Pit Wars, I End up being asked to be a judge on Pitmasters, smoked. And it's just been great, man. That's so nice. I just, you know, but just me. Ride, ride
1: the wave. It's,
2: ride I, the I wave. don't even look at it. It's just who you are. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people get on TV and, and it is what it is. But if I have never been on TV, I ever get on TV again, that's fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I always kept it real.
0: I'd love for you to talk about barbecue family. And family is where it's at. You hashtag in all your posts, barbecue family. This
2: because whenever you're at a cook-off, whatever you're doing, there's times I've had blowouts. I've had, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the side of blowout. You know, you you got small money working at the water plant, taking care of four kids, you know. Sure. There's times where I didn't have enough gas money to get home. But my passion for cooking was that strong. I would had to call my wife, can you watch the union me some money, 60 bucks? Because I miscalculated the headway. Yeah. You look at the phone, it's gonna be 12 mile an hour headwind. Going in this direction. I mean, that's how much I finite it, I calculated to get to make this cook off. Going out to North Platte, Nebraska. Coming back. Oh, snap, man. I got used more fuel than I thought. And a couple of times I had to call my wife. Hey, can you watch me, me some money? And she would give me the right act. You shouldn't be doing a sport, you can't <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And I told her when I got home, I love my wife. But I told her back in the day, I said, you know what? This is gonna be a time. This is going to be time. This is because I believe in moquesa. She's like, I believe in it, Yeah. It's nah. going to be a time <laughs> that barbecue is going to go full circle. It's going to pay the bills. And lo and behold. Yep. Yeah. To this day. I'm proud of you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's right. I didn't hear all about that back in the yeah, day, but I'm right. going to let that go. Right. right. Yeah. Tell
0: us about the business of barbecue. You sell rubs. You sell sauces. I sell rubs.
2: I sell sauces. Um. I just been uh I was at the J- World uh, the World Championship Jack Daniel's I uh, got invited to go there at that cook off I kind of got off subject but the one in Marin uh I uh I won that cook off and that was the only cook off in Idaho so it got me into the Jack sweet and so I took uh, I went down there with my family you know and we just kind of took it in you know and and uh, I ended up getting second place sauce with my sauce and that's what I said
1: hmm. That's a tough fucking business though. Fuck yeah. Sauce. sauce it's a tough business. business. It's
2: a tough business and it's a tough business for rub. But I'm telling you what. Here's the thing about it. It's everybody and their mom wants to put a sauce out. Everybody their mom. Yeah. You know. But I tell you what, I'm I'll be for real for real. When you build a brand and I that wasn't my I'm just being me. Right. I got this beautiful group called Verge to help me. But everything up to this point, I'm just post a picture of me cooking at a cook-off. But the hardest thing that you can do is everybody their mom wants to be have a restaurant. Everybody their mom wants to have well, sauces and rubs. But I created a brand by itself. You know what I mean? It just blossomed. It was right? you. And people Authentic. are willing to invest in you and buy into you because of what they are like. Seriously. Yeah. And business always starts off with friendship. Yeah. That's what it is. When someone wants to get into business with you, it's because you're friends with them. Yeah. You know what I mean? They can okay. go off on a lane, but they, they have to see something. And so Academy Sports came out to me. Well, I end up getting my sauce bottle. But at that point, I'm just, you know, I'm not really pushing it that hard. I'm making some, blah, 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 you know. But I had a friend of mine from West Texas, true hardcore Texas dude named Steve Forkran, still a friend of my, great, great friend of mine today. And I worked at the water plant, midnight shift, and he, all of a sudden I get a text from him. He goes, uh... Seen that I just won second place sauce at the, you know, Jack Daniels. And, I was, and he goes, uh, how come you don't got this stuff bottled? And I said, dude, I've got four kids in the household. <laughs> I can't afford I don't even know what, I haven't even inquired what it takes to make sauce. I don't, I don't know. He goes, well, I'd like to help you. And the reason why he did that is because he came earlier and emailed me and asked me. I was at the American Royal cooking and he asked you mind my wife my son and i come up to texas and come up from texas to come see you i said yeah man come on up man that's how i am right and he came up was rainy and drizzly it was cold you know this is when the world was held in october and he's six foot seven dude man big texan man true two clean cut west Texas man (laughs) deep voice big dude man and he goes uh he sitting there talking with me and, and I was going through my turn ins and all that kind of stuff. And I had some ribs, I gave him some ribs and everything. Oh I said, these are great, you know. He went on, and seen you know, went to go see if we can talk to Tuffy and Myron and Johnny and guys. And he came back, and he was real clean cut, man, real, like like classic Texan, man. He said, Thank you for your hospitality, man. He said, uh, you know, thank you. That's all it. He's on son and I are gonna head back to Texas. I, and I didn't know who he was. Well, I got an email at the midnight shift, I got an email from him. Uh I like an email asking how come you stuff's not bottle? And I said, I got small money. What are you talking about? I don't know why. I don't I, I can't afford it. You know, I don't know what it costs to get some bottled He we would like some help. And I'm like, I'm from the east side of the morning, man. So I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean, help? <laughs> he said, I'd like to help you, man. I said, what do you want? Yeah. I don't want nothing. Mo. I just want to help you. He said the only thing I ask for return is you give me a sign bottle. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, I'm dead serious. He said, I'm going to tell you something, Mo. Out of all these pit bars that I wanted to see, I'm not taking nothing away from my friends. Sure. But he said, it was cold. It was dreary. It was raining. You took time from my son and I, and you talked through your turn-ins as you were doing turn-ins, and you took time from us. You see, and I really, really appreciate that. And I was like, "Oh man, you know, I just just be you know. that's just who what I am, man. I'm just mo, man. I'm you know." He said, uh, "I'd like to help you if, if you let me help you." I said, "Okay." What are you talking about? He said, "He said, well, how much do you need?" And I said, "I don't know. Maybe a couple thousand dollars. I don't. I have no idea. Right? Because I've never really inquired about it." He said, "Can I see you twenty thousand dollars?" And I said, "What?" <laughs> he said, "Can I see you twenty thousand dollars?" And I said, "Man, what?" What ties? I told you, Mo, no ties. I just want to say you. you're good. I, I like you, man. I like, I like what you're all about. And I said, okay, cool. The next day, no joke. Wow. I got a FedEx envelope, dude. Open it up. Check for 20 Gs. Jesus Christ. Wow. That's how I got started with my sauce.
0: Unbelievable. And to this
2: day, we're best buds.
0: Wow. That's amazing. I've
2: been out there. His house. My family's been down there. He's got a cabin out in, in the Crock of New Mexico. He's true blue, straight up West Texan oil, dude. Right. Just, just solid saw the earth. That's amazing. And and uh, that tells you barbecue family. I
0: think that exactly what you said, barbecue family. I mean, I got goosebumps you telling that story. Those those are the things that happened to me and happened to Derek with Jean. I mean, Jean would tell me, "Hey, come out to this contest that I'm running out in Harris." And he would I'm guessing he tells a lot of people that because we were interested in turning our barbe- our restaurant into a barbecue restaurant, but I needed advice he was the one that did it i don't know a thing about barbecue going out there meeting him him introducing me to other kcbs reps it was always what can i do for you never asking for anything in return that's barbecue man and that's just barbecue family I mean, is, we man. see it happen at our amateur barbecue contest at our professional contest i mean whatever we can do to help drive the sport and to help each other
2: that's what it's all about it
0: it, it takes a passion it takes a burning passion and and hospitality exactly that i mean having the having the hospitality in your blood knowing that no matter what, I know I'm competing, but I, all I care about is you passing your health inspection.
2: 95, 98% of barbecue guys, that's what I love about barbecue, are given great folks
1: yeah.
2: that will help you out no matter what. Yeah, That's what's so great about yeah. the sport. That's what's so great about the culture because barbecue was g- developed out of pure necessity to feed people. Yeah. This what you started from the South.
1: I yeah. got caught up in our last competition, um, letting that 5%, 2% of people get to me. Being an organizer, I mean, you can Ed can probably realize <laughs> Ed, this now. Ed's already worried. We, <laughs> we, we get these. There's a few that, but we cannot let those people bring it down. Because like you said, it's 95%, those- 98% of the people are so genuine, so good. And they believe in the saying that a rising tide lifts all ships. Let's all go together and make great barbecue. Let's do it together and be good.
2: The percentage... Those two percent people out there that are haters, or those people out there that 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 don't understand the culture of barbecue, don't understand it. They exclude themselves. Yeah, they, they, ex- they, exclude, themselves they exclude themselves by being You go know, to cook off; don't nobody want to talk to them. Don't nobody want to deal yeah. with them. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, because they but care about themselves. But when you are for real, for real, genuine, you always have barbecue family. Those individuals that are very small and few. Like I look at, I tell you this. And people, you know, barbecue world is like a 12 inch ruler. Competition barbecue is like one-eighth on that ruler. So the individuals that have a lot of success or they become full of themselves, they don't understand the big picture. Right. You know, that's why this is the barbecue shows. All barbecue shows is all about promoting the backyard guy, the guy to go out and he sees the show. She sees the show, they want to go out and get a package of ribs or pork butts and try to emulate what they just saw. Once they succeed at doing that for their family, from what they were doing, you got a fan for life for barbecue. Because now you have helped them, something they can pass on to their kids and their family for generations. Just like
1: your grandma did. And that's what it's all
2: about. It's not about, I got 15,000 grand champions. Who gives a rat? No, nobody care about that, right. but you and your immediate family.
1: Let's break bread together. That's, that's what it is. That's, that's and so it's bread. all
2: about promoting the culture of barbecue because it helps everybody. Well, you think Books, about salt, rubs, equipment, everything. Everything is all intertwined.
1: What else brings people from every race, religion, you damn right. More than barbecue. Yes, yeah, sir. We live. You in don't talk s- politics because right. I learned that quick.
2: Right. <laughs> <laughs> barbecue <laughs> and politics do not miss uh, I'm, well, I learned that real quick because I have my thinks of what I think. Right. Not. Like, granted I got my guns and all that kind of stuff. But I'm. You. You. You might not know <laughs> what I like. Right. But I'm telling you, uh, that don't mix. Right. So I learned the people. People start. I've been the counter. Come on. What do you think about so and so? Shut your mouth. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about it. Right. That's not what I'm here for. Right. And they keep it moving. If you everyone, don't go talk and ask me, I won't hear it. Keep it room. Kick rocks. Yeah. I, I got time.
1: We just had a minute or a, a team meeting for our store. And I when I was speaking to my team, I have about 40, 42 employees. We were talking about stop worrying about the macro on everything. Stop worrying Donald Trump's a piece of shit, this and that, whatever. Worry about being a good person. Mm-hmm. If everybody fucking does that. Don't worry about race, religion. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Be a good person. Everything's going to work itself out. It's it. It It will work itself out. Exactly. Stop worrying about all that shit. You can't even fucking, you can't uh, do anything about it anymore. You know what's great about the thing about my passion of cooking? I've been through
2: everywhere. Losing. I've been in the heels of Tennessee and met some of the best people in the world. (laughs) In the heels of Kentucky, Tennessee, Georgia. Man, Come up and give you a big bear hug because they know what you're about. Right. They know what you're about. That, to me, warms my heart. I go to Dyersburg, Tennessee, man, go do a cook-off. That's in the sticks, man. I don't know Lady how her... runs, the, she does the post office. I had a guy come up to me. She's trying to get her route done. She's about 60-something years old, man, running the, the rural route. Comes up there, man, first thing she does, she gives me a big bear hug. Don't know me from Adam to Adam. That's barbecue <laughs> yeah. right there. Right, I absolutely. love you, Big Mo okay, son. Right. I love what you're all about. I love that you're self-taught. I love to you start rambling off. Just to hug me to about what you want to break my ribs. You know, <laughs> that's barbecue family right there, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's because barbecue speaks everything. You know what I'm saying? There ain't yeah. no color barriers. They don't see that. They don't see color no. barriers. They don't care whatever. You know, that's not what it's about. It's no. about family. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm
1: saying? If Mo Kason can cook one meat, his favorite meat, what is it? Brisket. That's
2: it? That's my jam right there. That's your
1: jam. Now I'm Iowa. I cook a
2: killer hog. I kill <laughs> killer pork. Last two years, top ten at the Memphis and Mayor World Championship with my team. Yeah. I, uh, I tied for fourth last year, lost on a computer coin flip, got fifth. My pork is outstanding.
1: But your when I start
2: cooking in Texas,
1: <laughs>
2: when Texas hooks got in me, son, my boys like John Lewis. There used to be a live barbecue, he has his own place out in Charleston. When I start tasting true what brisket's supposed to be about, I was like, it's a wrap. Beef ribs. Yeah. And brisket, that's my jam.
1: Back, I cook back ribs, beef back ribs or short ribs. Short
2: ribs or yeah. back ribs. Yeah. Or, you know, plate ribs. Yeah, plate, you know, ribs, plate yeah. ribs. Yeah, hell yeah. I knocking the hell out of bark on some of that. Dude, so it's so good. <laughs> and I developed my rubs for that. Well, my, my, all my chuck, rubs, my, so... my rubs are bold. They're not I call them punk they're not punk rubs. You know right. what I'm saying? A lot of people do this hocus pocus and you taste the rib, the <laughs> rub, and this is kinda like, eh. My rubs stick with you. You don't need no sauce with my rub. That's right. how I develop them because right. that's how we grew up. We might not have enough money get no sauce. Here's the flavor. <laughs> yeah. Eat it. Right. That's how it's supposed to be. Barbecue sauce is a compliment. It's not something that should overpower your your meat 100%. to where all you taste is sauce. It should be the quality of the meat, a little rub, a little bit of smoke, and then if you're going to put sauce on it, it should all be layers of flavor. If you taste anything, then all you taste is sauce. Or people, you I know, mean, back in I was growing up, man, people that I knew. Bold ribs. They needed to be shot. <laughs> How are you going to take ribs? And that's what they did. Because they didn't understand barbecue. I'm from Iowa. So they would take ribs and put them in a pot and boil them. Dude. To get them tender. You might as well throw the rib, throw away the rib and drink the water.
1: Because yeah, that's where all the flavor's yeah. at. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. That's we, we straight up. A lot. We see it here in San Diego. One of our biggest goals, Sean and I, was is to figure out how to create a West Coast movement for, for barbecue because it's it's always been known that California was lacking in barbecue. We're we're out here trying to show, hey, we ain't no punks. We we know what oh, we're doing. Yeah. And that's what it's about. A lot of these barbecue places here would boil their ribs. They would all of a sudden you go there and there they're a barbecue place. You Where's your smoker at? Yeah. Oh. Where's your we wood? Don't, we, don't, we don't have it. Well, <laughs> you eat barbecue. Like, come on. Yeah. You're, you're putting it in an oven. You're, you're, you're boiling shit. Yeah. So now there's a movement out here. We've got a lot of good places out here <coughs> that are doing amazing jobs. And we just want to lift everybody up to do it together and just keep that movement going.
2: That's one thing I learned
1: about Australia, which I love. They don't know nothing about
2: boiling ribs because they already have a rich history of grilling shrimp on the barbie. Right. They know how to grill. Making that transition to Lone Slow was it. They are eating it up left and right. They're just swall- Because I, you know what? I've done that festival the last two years. I'm going back again next year to do it. There's nothing but a plethora of awesome stick burners that they've made with their own hands. Yeah. It is awesome. Yeah. I walked down and just rows of stick burners, dude. And I don't mean like some junk, nice stick burners, nice welds. Nice design. These guys are making these kick-ass pits because they're taking, they're seeing what's going on in America,
1: and they are
2: they are embracing everything that's good about barbecue. Seriously, man.
1: So, I mean. It's going around the world. It's, it's catching it's on It's global, man. It is. You know,
2: you go to Sweden, they got barbecue restaurant yeah, over there. Right. I was over Sweden last year. Yep. You know what I mean? You go over, and they're doing low and slow. I mean, they're doing low and slow. One of the dudes got all, one of Aaron Franklin's old pits. I fired it. I cooked on it all weekend. Yeah, uh it. Badass pits. So,
1: competition, what are you cooking on?
2: My good friend Jason from Green Mountain Grills, which is the son of the owner Uh of Green Mountain Grills. I'm cooking on four GMGs. Okay. And they're great. I'm going to tell you how good they are. I was in the Netherlands just not even a month ago for a cook-off. Tuffy was over there. My buddy uh, (coughs) uh, uh, um, from Barbecue Guru, Bob Trodek, was over there. Uh, Sweet Smoke Q, the boys out of Florida, over there. Uh, Byron Butt Rub was over there. So I'm cooking on some Green Mountain Grills I fired the pit up Now I know I can cook a mean brisket On Green Mountain Grill I can cook a lot of mean stuff on <coughs> grill, But I've got them at home I know how they work Like the back of my hand I didn't make the translation To Celsius to Fahrenheit Oh Woo! no I'm going to tell you something, oh, no. You guys are going to laugh at this. Oh, this man. is how good <laughs> Big Mo on Big from <laughs> is. And Big, Big Mo Kason processes on brisket. I fired this Green Mountain Grills up, and I set it at 2.30. 2.30. That's not good. Fair enough, what I was thinking. It's completely spaced it off. Burning. I had a cot, an army cot, right next to the cooker that I was sleeping on. Within an hour, it's called for pellets. <laughs> It's like, ee, ee. I'm thinking, what the hell? I just filled it up. Didn't make the connection, dude.
1: <coughs> Did you make it right I then? I not out.
2: No, I got up for my pellets <laughs> My brisket was cooking at 465 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm going to tell you that right now.
1: That's unbelievable. I'm going
2: to tell you how good them Green Mountain Grill's cookers are. I scorched the bottom of that brisket, but it was Wagyu brisket. Right. I got fifth place brisket.
1: Did you? Wow. Damn it, son. That's amazing.
2: I looked at Bob, and that <laughs> was the worst thing I thought I did in the whole day. Right. I took that brisket out of it. I just, it, I put it on at 10, at 2.30. It was done at coming up on four. Rocking. And you know what? Because they run so smooth, that thing was at full tilt. And I didn't even, I mean, they it, it just run good. The brisket was looking good. then about two, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, man, this thing is smelling too good. Wait a minute! thing's done. It's smoking. Too, it's smelling too good. So I get up and I wrap it. I made the connection there. And I was right. like, "Well, wrapped it up like I don't my process that I wrap it up in. Put my pearl back in. I reached my internal temperature like I normally would do at, at you know cooking on my stick burner. That thing was off the pit by four thirty. I put it in the camera and I said, "It is what it is. Right. Turning wasn't until two o'clock in the afternoon." <laughs> So that thing sat from, 10 hours,
1: 10 hours later. Oh, dude.
2: I pulled it out. I didn't. Oh, I said, don't nobody open up this camera Just let it do its thing. I took it out, took it out my butcher paper, and I have a butcher paper foil mixture that I do. And uh, Bob, I looked at it, and the bottom of the brisket was like, <laughs> and I was like, damn. damn. But the top of that brisket looked good. I'm thinking, man, this looks like it got that bark on it. <laughs> And I'm, I'm touching it at the top. and I'm like, man, it's pretty good. I, I mean, I was surprised. Got that feel still. So you're I took a brisket, ballon and blown, I took my brisket knife and I cut the char off. The hard part.
1: It's like you're skinning it, like skinning the fish. Then I
2: skinned that stuff off and I turned. I put some rub on it, put some sauce on it, flipped it back over. And I normally don't sauce my brisket, but I, I said, you know, I'm over in Netherlands, so I, you know they don't know nothing about Texas brisket. So right. I sauced the top of that brisket. Sliced it. Beautiful smoke oh. ring. That smoke ring was like that, dude. Beautiful. I mean, literally, quarter-inch smokering, if not bigger, all the way through the whole slice. Beautiful. And I sat there and looked at it, and Bob was like, dude, man, I, I don't know, man. I might do something with this, man. He <laughs> came over and so said, let me taste it. He tasted it. He goes, dude. He said, that's good. Yeah, I'm thinking, hey, that's good. Fifth place brisket, baby. That's couldn't believe awesome. it. That's how well them little cookers cook. So now, is going to start playing around at 400 degrees. Start are serious, serious go. brisket. But I'm going to put the brisket up on an elevated rack so it's not directly on the on the grate. Sure. But, there you go. But a lot of guys have already, are, already been doing it, cooking those Green mountain Grills. They're cooking them briskets yeah. at 400 degrees. Gen, genius, too. Yeah. would
1: always and, tell uh, me. He, yep. He'd go <clears throat>
2: real hot. But I've never done that before. Yeah. I never cooked the brisket that hot. Yeah. But it was out. It was not outstanding, but it was great brisket. I was shocked. Call me Fifth Place Brisket Tuffy and them guys just start rolling. They (laughs) were just, I even took the microphone to do this. I'm going to tell you what happened. I just broke it down and all the Dutch people, they were laughing and they were like, wow, you know, but that tells you how good them Green Mountain Grills cookers are, man, because I took that thing where I've never took it before. Max it out. Max it out. Full tilt. <laughs> Before
0: we started the podcast, we started talking about your all-in moment. Kind of, you know, you've been Ponderosa Barbecue. Now it's Mo Quezon Barbecue. Yeah. You're building your brand. Yep. You're no longer working full time.
2: Yep, I'm working full time. I'm working for Mo Quezon. Correct. Yeah.
0: Well, how how's that? How's it's that been transition great.
2: been? It's been great. Um, I uh, brought in a great team called Verge out of San Francisco, and then Greta sitting across the table from us. Awesome woman. Uh, smart as all get out. And she's going to help Mokeson brand and take it to the next level. More than what I can ever do. Mm-hmm. More than I can ever do. Got to
0: have a team. Got to have
2: a team. And yeah. I've always been by myself. And so just talking with her and her direction and her experience, she's got great experience. She was at Procter & Gamble. She was at Gap Inc. She is the truth. It's really and good so that she's you... gonna take me. She's going to take me to the next level. Because you know what? What does
1: Mokeson want to do?
2: My case I want to have his four kids and his wife sitting on the beach. That's right. what I'm talking about. Right.
1: Yep. Well, it's really, really good that you're allowing yourself to get out of your own way in a sense. Yeah. Like, like for me, social media, all that stuff's not my forte. Like, You know, I'm, I'm just kind of a grunt worker. I like to work with my hands. I like to do the stuff and doing all those things. I have, you know, Corey and if I if I'm the best person at everything that I do around the store, I'm doing something wrong. I gotta have people that are better than me. You damn at, at right. There's an old things. saying
2: that my family told me. Yeah.
1: If you're the smartest thing in that room, get out of that
2: room. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. to the next room. Yeah. So you because if people. you're the smartest thing in that room, you need some. You need to go out and you need to get somebody else. Yeah. Because that ain't. You ain't gonna get no growth. Right. You've got to get people that are smarter than you. That's going to help you elevate you.
1: So good for you for doing that, man. I'm, yeah. I'm, that's awesome. Because yeah. sometimes it's it's hard. It's hard to let go. For me, it's been been very hard to let go. And now that I've done it, it's like so yeah. liberating. It's so liberating. Like, man, she
2: bounces off ideas off me, right. and she is so smart because she's been in the business.
1: But she, it has to be authentic still. It's still oh, it's talking get, about it. she. She understands, she understands. She
2: understands moqueixon. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to be sitting there putting on tutus and, and selling <laughs> ketchup. You know what I'm saying? That's not me.
1: Well, you know what I'm saying? That's well, not we'll, me. We'll see what time you you know what 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 if, if we can do that. We'll no. get you some tutus and no, some ketchup. No, that
0: ain't happening, son. That ain't happening. <laughs> well, uh, we do want to thank you very much for coming here, um, coming out here for America's Finest Barbecue Championship. I'm looking year forward one, to it. one. Uh, we hope that this is an annual thing that we get to see you every single year.
2: Small neighbor's stopper um, grounds, man.
0: It, for for Derek and I, it's, you know, barbecue family. It That's why we're friends. I mean, that's literally, you know, as a restaurant owner that turned into a barbecue restaurant, I came to him and asked him <laughs> to sponsor our amateur barbecue contest, which... If it wasn't for Gene, we wouldn't have that, and we wouldn't even be sitting here today. So, I mean, that barbecue family, what it, it runs, runs so deep um, for both of us. And the one shout-out that we do want to give is to Tom, who owns uh, Excalibur Cigar Lounge over in Claremont. Yes! He, uh, he, him, as, lo- as well as Cali Comfort Barbecue, we've both been advertising on sports radio here in San Diego for the last 10 years. And when you were coming into town, Derek and I wanted to get you a Welcome to San Diego gift. We needed a cigar. It's lovely. We went to our I man and said, Hey, this is your field. You hook us up. And, uh, and t- I appreciate Tom hook it. You up. As soon
2: as I walk out of this building, I'm going to fire it up. And boom. That's right. It's like that.
1: Well, we appreciate you taking the time. We know you're you're busy. Um, good I'm, luck.
2: I'm just looking forward. That's it again. I'm thankful to be out here in San Diego, beautiful cook off and cooking the contest. And uh, like I said, it don't get no better. You're cooking barbecue and you got the ocean in front of you. Come That's on. Right.
0: That's right. That's right. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll put all the links to all your social sites. Uh, sure. Please follow uh, Big Mo Kason and uh, tweet at him, send him uh, Instagram. And hey, let's have a great time this weekend. I don't really. Hey, guys, this is Sean and Derek. And we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast, it means the world to us. We'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, We also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved.